Welcome to the latest podcast in the Workplace series from the People Mentor, Nicola Richardson. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to the latest podcast from Nicola at the People Mentor. Um, really happy to be interviewing Cheryl Dodd today. Welcome, Cheryl. Oh, hi, Nicola. Thank you for having me here. So I'm really um, intrigued about you and what, what you do and all your background. So do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your background first? Of course. Um, I've, my background mainly is in retail. So I used to be um, a store manager for Marks and Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, I then moved on to Debenhams and I worked in their space planning team in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I now work with a talented dance teacher and choreographer and together we set up a business called Stars Ballet mm. back in 2010 and that continues to grow still now. Um, more recently I've launched a new primary schools gymnastics club programme um, for that I've worked mm. with a PE specialist um, those clubs are also continuing to grow and they're becoming another successful business um, and that, that sort of brings me to where I am today really. Yeah, that sounds really good. So, um, so ballet and then gymnastics is quite different from um, retail. But then again, I'm sure you're using um, some of the skills that you've had in the retail business. So, intrigued, why you started your business, um, the ballet one first? Well, if I'm completely honest, that the reason I started the ballet business was less about ballet and more about flexible working and balance between my commercial work life up in London yeah. um, and needing to spend time with my family. And the commute mm. from the South Coast to London was immense. Mm. Uh, when I had my daughter and I was on my maternity leave, she was my second child, and I decided pretty much as soon as I was pregnant that that maternity leave was my opportunity to change my life and to readdress that balance so Mm -hmm. um, that was a period of time where I was searching for what will I do I need to do something I I had confidence in my ability to run a business and to to replicate my income or to at least um, create an income but I really didn't know what I was what I would do so as a mum I'm there doing lots of activities with my my young toddler and my baby Mm -hmm. Um, and at that time I could see through the eyes of a, a mum and a customer, that there was an opportunity there to offer great service for mums and their young children. And actually learning to dance was something that I, as a mum, really wanted to help my children to do. Mm. Um, and I could see that you know, there was so, so much low quality um, activities out there for mums and children, and there was a lack of service. Um, and the retail background, I had a lot of service experience um, and I could see the opportunity that was there to service these these mums as well as the children um, and enable them to, to be able to experience seeing their children learn and grow and become dancers, but enjoy it at the same time and, you know, have a cup of coffee and relax and a chat mm. with their friends as well, because it's not all about the dancing. It's also about the fact that they've, you know, had no sleep last night with their baby and that they're out, they're out with their children for a 9.30 class and actually they need a cup of coffee. So we would look after them as well and give them that cup of coffee. <laughs> And that that sounds ideal because I think people often forget they just they just service one part of the package and don't actually think about the bigger picture and what does the customer really want. So that that's brilliant to hear. So then you moved into gymnastics. 
next um, and what may, prompted you to, to advance into that as your next goal? Yeah, well, again, I've got a daughter and um, she, she was very interested in gymnastics herself. And she's much older now, so she's she's nine, mm -hmm. um, probably only eight when um, I moved into gymnastics as an additional business. There's a huge lack of gymnastics provision for primary school children. Mm. So um, there was an opportunity there, again, to offer this service for the children of all of our primary schools because they, met, they don't have to be elite gymnasts or competitive gymnasts. They just mm. want to learn gymnastics. And that, that was my daughter. But there, there were waiting lists on all of the clubs and so on and so forth. Um, and a PE specialist um, that, that I already knew had approached me to ask if I would help her to, to launch some more clubs because she had lots of pupils that really needed clubs. She had seen what I had done with um, the Stars Ballet business. Mm -hmm. I just asked for my help really to, to set up some clubs to, to service her pupils. So it was initially just a project and something to do to support the children and the schools. But similar to the Stars Ballet, it's it's flying. You know, it's mm. it's doing really well. The ch the, the clubs are, are fairly fully booked. The schools are in, are enjoying having that um, that offer for their children, and the children are getting active. Whether or not they're good at gymnastics, they've got an hour after school to to learn their gymnastics, to be active, mm. and those that are talented gymnasts or decide that it's something they absolutely love and they want to progress with maybe become competitive at what we do is the coaches that we use are usually affiliated with a competitive club so we then feed our students to those clubs so there's a win-win situation the children get to be active the schools have extra PE provision and the gymnastics coaches who coach for dynamics gymnastics which is my after school club provision mm. they all talent spot and open up that pathway for those children to go down the competitive route but via their club that's fantastic so it's, isn't it yeah, it's, yeah, it is. it's exciting and it's um it, it's fairly but it's been fairly easy to to implement if i'm honest that's really good so what's the biggest lesson you've learned since you've been in business do you think oh my goodness well um i think the biggest lesson is probably going to be around your visualization of your goals so for me, right back at the beginning when we started Stars Ballet, mm -hmm. um, it was not just about starting a ballet class. Um, it was about the vision I had for where I thought we should be in the future. So I wasn't starting that ballet class, which let's be honest, at the beginning, it may have been profitable, but it really didn't make either of us any money in the first year or two. Mm. Everything we earned, we put back into the business. We invested it in stock. We invested it in um, running additional classes, which needed time to build. Mm. So it was about having that bit that if I didn't have that vision for, you know, in five years time, this will be not one class or five classes. It will be 50 or 70 classes. Mm. And I knew when I had 50 or 70 classes, I would earn a decent income. Mm. So I had to have that vision to motivate me to get through the tough times and, and to keep us focused and to keep us growing. But the advice I would give to anybody is to not only visualize where you're going and what your goals are, but to be prepared to change the direction that perhaps you go to get there. Mm. So in the beginning, my vision or our vision was very much that we were running preschool classes. We would be experts at running preschool classes and we would replicate that and run lots of preschool classes. 
But actually, as our pupils grew older, so with each year that we'd been running, the children were getting older. And then as they went to school, actually, mm. there were more stars ballet for them. So they were upset that they couldn't come to ballet anymore. Mm. And the parents, oh, it's such a shame. They're not getting on so well at, you know, the more traditional dance school routes. So rather than just carry on with our focused plan, we adapted it and we developed a key stage one and key stage two syllabus along with early years for the year our children and mm. we rolled it out in school. So we're now um, running dan- our dance classes in schools across Hampshire, um, really just because the customers asked for it. Um, That's brilliant, isn't it? And you're right, visualising your goals and keeping that at the forefront will keep you going, yeah. won't it? So it would be the first thing I would say to anybody actually see it and believe it yeah yeah no that that sounds a really great tip um, for the listeners so I know you've got something else under your sleeve now so tell us about your latest venture well my latest venture is absolutely in its infancy so this is like my new baby being born if you like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm working with um a dear friend and a colleague from over 20 years ago. So we, we know each other very well and we've worked together um, in, in that capacity as well as being friends. Now, my business partner for my next venture is um, a global HR director, so very specialist in her area. Mm. And she's responsible for developing the content for a course that we're going to launch. And um, hopefully it'll be the beginning of many courses. But the course that we're um, preparing to launch is aimed at managers and aspiring leaders um, who want to develop their skills. Right. It's only only going to require an hour investment of their time each week um, because we know that all of us, we're so busy that as much as we might like to think we want to self-develop and we want to learn all of this new stuff, we all start it and then it's overwhelm, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it just becomes too much, especially if you're in a full-time career, for example, or running your own business. So it's one hour a week, um, and the, the course is going to be certified. Um, we, we've been talking with the Institute of Leadership and Management, and we're planning to certify it with them. And the approach that we're taking is a blended learning approach. Mm-hmm. So the idea being that the learner can, you know, week one might you so say we were learning this week, it might be a podcast this week, and all they have to do is listen to the podcast and implement their learning in the workplace that week. Mm-hmm. Next week, we might give them a case study. Um, and again, that case study will come with usable templates that get downloaded that they then implement in their workplace and with their teams the next week mm-hmm. there's there'll be an online community there'll be monthly live webinars there'll be lots and lots of support for the people that are on this course but it's an ongoing year-long course just an hour a week certified and the biggest um confidence that we have in this course is that both both of us believe that um it's the implementation of that learning in your day-to-day job that enables the learning to stick yeah so you know how you can go on a residential for two weeks and it can be a bit of a jolly or you feel that you're interested in you and it's it's all great but how much of it do you remember a year down the line well i think from um all the studying i've done it's only actually 10 percent of it ever goes in absolutely it's the 70 20 10 rule isn't it? yeah so we're absolutely hoping and believing that we'll tap into that 70 percent of learning on mm. the job in the workplace and that kind of repetition and that um mopping up of the learning as well so they they have the lesson 
they implement the learning that at the end of each month we have the live webinars where we get to answer questions and offer that extra support mm, sounds really good so have you got a launch date yet or are you still working on it no nothing that i could announce yet at yeah. the moment we are we are literally in we've we, we're at the very beginning of planning stages so we're just getting the course uploaded online we'll probably start with um, a beta group so we'll look at selling it cheaper to start with to get some real good feedback mm. to make it better to improve on it and then we will launch it mm. and I'm sure when we launch it we'll make sure that you know all about it yeah look forward to hearing about it so who who exactly is this new service and these products aimed at who's who who's your ideal uh, customer it's going to be anybody that's a manager of a team, anybody that's aspiring to be a better leader, somebody that wants to learn and to develop their skills as a manager or a leader of a team. Um, anybody, you, you have to want to do it because there's a commitment and it is only an hour a week, but you mm. need to be that hour a week and to actually implement it into your, your daily life. Um, so anybody that, that's got that aspiration would be our target learner, really. Yeah, no, sounds good. So I'm sure it will be successful. So looking at success um, and the fact that you've been successful in the past with two other businesses as well, how would you define success? Um, what do you think makes someone successful? Wow. Um, I really <laughs> do think that success can be so different for every person. Mm. For me, for example, it's all about enjoying the work that I do and ensuring that I've got that balance with my home life. So to me, that in itself is successful and relevant of anything else around me. Mm. But we've talked a bit about achieving your goals and setting your goals. And I think depending on what goals you've set, as long as you have set goals, you're reviewing your goals and that you are documenting your progress. If you're achieving your goals, then you're being successful. Mm. And to me, that's really... What, what success is about yeah I think that's a really good description actually I like that oh thank you thank you Cheryl so looking at business owners I'm personally of the opinion that all business owners whether they're a large business or a small business um, are leaders um, and I don't know whether you would agree because this often causes a bit of controversy because people disagree with me at times. Um, but I think you're representing your business, you're leading it. If you've got employees, you're out there, you're leading it um, by your influencing to get, even if you're a small one. So um, I always say, what do you think makes a, a business owner a good leader? What's your thoughts? Okay, so we're all leaders, but what makes a good leader? So mm would say that if, if you own a business it's really important that you very clearly articulate to all of your team what your business plan is and the direction that you're taking your business in mm. uh, that you want to take the business in and I think that can be quite difficult at times you know if you're a new business or a business that's growing rapidly that could change almost on a daily mm. basis mm. <laughs> yeah become more challenging but I think it's really important to to be sharing that with your team and to be communicating with your team regularly so that they're on board with where what business what direction the business is taking um, and then with that they then feel part of it so um, as a leader you want to be inspiring your team to share your passion for the business mm. and, and then I think it's also just all the ideas that you have and 
when you're working together, share those ideas. You know, maybe you don't know actually what direction you're taking at the moment, but you've got an idea for something or there's something that's not working so well. I tend to find the best way to deal with that is in a team meeting. We talk about it mm. um, and it might be as a whole team or it might be on, on a one-to-one meeting with one of my, my ballet teachers, for example. You know, perhaps we've got a class that's failing. We will talk about that class that's failing and brainstorm ideas of why and what we can do to, to, to turn it around. Mm. And we'll work out a plan together. And I think that in itself is, is, is really important because then you all feel part of that team. And I, yeah, I think it's so right. I, and I, and this is why it concerns me when I see um, business owners who don't involve the team and don't uh, use their ideas and their knowledge because they're on the front line. They're seeing it. They know. Absolutely. And, and, and often the, the further you move along with a business and the more a business grows, the more distant you become to that front line. Mm. Not very very true yeah really good point yeah i totally agree so there you go that's nice to find somebody else on the same way as length as me and nice to know that you um you work with your team to um get their ideas and input so that's brilliant so lovely to hear thank you cheryl in your previous life um before you started your own businesses um, did you learn anything from managers in those days, whether good or bad, that you've either implemented or you're definitely not doing? Oh, yes, yes, definitely. Um, you know, mentioning no names, there's certain leaders that I've worked with who I wouldn't replicate their behaviour. So, for <laughs> example, I remember a particular um, leader who was very um, dictatorial, um, very hard working, but not not very motivating at all. Mm. Um, there were lots of tips there that I would pick from ways I would have done things things differently, and that I have done things differently myself. You know, as as a leader. Mm. Whereas there's a lady that I worked with who I have absolute respect for. She was consistent with with me and with the team. She would stick to her regular one-to-one meetings she communicated i think communication is is key mm. to a working relationship but i felt that i knew what was happening within the business i felt that i knew and i could influence what was happening in the business she would listen to my my um input and i could help her with making decisions but equally i knew what was going on because she told me if she, mm. if she didn't have those meetings and she didn't keep me updated then i i wouldn't have felt as part the team as, or able to influence the team or to to support the team in the way that I could so she, she was awesome yeah do you know that's really weird because just lately I've had a co- similar conversation with someone and we were talking about uh, the senior leadership team were holding meetings but we didn't actually know what was being discussed in them nothing was ever shared um, higher up than that the, the the real big board yeah we were getting feedback about what they were saying but the the board underneath we weren't hearing anything and it and really it wasn't taking us the right way because we like you say we didn't know the vision we didn't know what the goals were for the month um and we just generally fell out of the loop so it, it does make a huge difference doesn't it absolutely i think it's just to, to ensure that you're all on the same page yeah definitely so that i think that's a, a brilliant piece of uh, several pieces of advice in there actually thank you thank you very much um so 
if you were going to give a piece of advice for people who want to start their own business, what would be your number one piece that you would give? Ooh, do I have to keep it to one? Um, um, no, you can do several if you want. Um, my number one would be to trust your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Because often, we, we none of us have a magic ball. We don't, you know, when you're interviewing somebody for a job role or you're, you know, you need to decide whether you're going to take on this extra piece of business or what have you, you have to make a decision sometimes based on how you feel. And, and nine times out of 10, your gut feeling will be the right, the right decision. So that would mm. be my number one. Um, and then we talked a bit earlier about visualizing your business plan. I think that's, that's really important. And I would break it down into a rough list of actions or stepping stones and mm. um, starting your business. Be flexible on how you get there. But the biggest piece of advice would be to start so if you're thinking of starting a business, do start, you know, plan everything, but don't think you can plan everything perfectly before you get started. That's right. If you do, you'll never get started. Had I have had everything in place before we started Stars Ballet, it would never have started because, you know, when you start from scratch, you've got to write all of your policies. You need to have your website ready. We started before we even had a website. You know, mm. it, was, it was 10 years ago nearly. <laughs> but, <laughs> There was a lot to do, and if I'd have done everything, we wouldn't. We would have probably started a year or two later. Do you know that is so true? Because um, I'm just in the process of setting up with two other lovely ladies, um, networking in the Boston area, Boston, Lincolnshire, and um, what what we're realising is that we can get get ready for the launch, but then anything else after that, we will work at as we go along because we know what our, our vision is as we've discussed and what our goals are so these are things we'll pick up as we go along so you're right because you can't have everything um set there because it would take too long and you just wouldn't do the action totally totally agree it's better to get started and then go back and perfect it yeah because you can do that as you go can't you just get moving yeah yeah, exactly. And so many people put off getting started because they think it's got to be perfect. Um, mm. What opportunities are missed then? So, yeah, quite really good advice that is. I totally agree. So another one I've totally agreed on. There you go. <laughs> uh, very, sim- very similar, I think, in our approach. There you go. Who or what is your inspiration? Okay, so... If I think about this carefully, my biggest inspiration actually is probably my children. Mm-hmm. So my kids, they, they really look up to me and they, they dream big on my beh- for me on my behalf. Mm. So the other day, my little boy said to me, it's okay, mum, when, um, when you make a million, <laughs> we'll, um, <laughs> when you make a million, we'll get a swimming pool then. We could buy it with that money, mum, can't we? <laughs> I need to make a million now. (laughs) Yeah, they have a lovely way, don't they? They do, and it's lovely to feel that I'm inspiring them and I'm showing them that we can all all do it, you know. Um, It's good for them to see that I work and that actually you can... You, know, you can have your own business. My, my daughter's got many a business plan up her sleeve already and she's only age nine. Oh, that's brilliant. That's great to think you're encouraging the future, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's brilliant. Now, presumably, you have employees. Well, actually, I don't have any employees. They're all contractors. Right, okay. I did wonder that. But if you were going to have employees, what do you think you'd look for in an employee? 
Um, well, that would depend on the role to a certain extent. So anybody that I was hiring, I would, I would still, even as a contractor, need to be sure they're going to fit with the team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how, how are they going to get on with the rest of the team? Are, are they going to, are they going to be a good fit? Um, they need to be somebody that is eager to learn because there's always a lot to learn at the beginning of a new role. Mm. I have to feel, so back to my gut instinct, I have to feel <laughs> that level of trust with somebody. So if I don't trust somebody, then I, I won't hire them. Um, it's important that they have a, they have a passion for the, t- for the topic. So if it's dance, then, then obviously they have to have a passion for teaching dance. Mm. And if it's gymnastics, it's important they have a passion for coaching children gymnastics. Mm. Um, the other things is reliability and commitment because I am not in the habit of letting people down. So if I hire somebody that's unreliable or not committed, then the likelihood is that I will be letting people down if they let me down. So that's really important mm. for me. Um, and then final thing would probably be customer service um, because if you don't have a customer, you've not got you've not got a business. So yeah. As passionate as I am about giving that top level customer service. Mm. Yeah, and I think that they're all great attributes, aren't they? And they're certainly the things that that you should be looking for in an employee. And I think that can apply to any business, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for that. So if you were to start your first business again from scratch, would you do anything differently? Um, I would. I would invest money in technology sooner. <laughs> so when we started, you, all of this work that there is to do, this mountain that there is to climb to, to create your processes and your procedures and to have everything working and ticking along nicely and still able to give that top level customer service, um, actually took an awful lot of my time and my team's time over the mm. years. And, and it was prone to um, error and mistake, which obviously impacts customer service. So I was relying on my, my dance teachers to fill in registers and to um, collect fees and money from, from the um, customers. Whereas in the recent years, I've invested in systems that allow me to take all of the payments online, all of the bookings online, all of the invoicing is online. And actually, it's all so quick now. <laughs> and yeah. and, and it, it's giving my customers a better level of service. It's giving us more confidence in mm. our, you know, our accuracy. Mm. Um, and although on the surface it looks or appears expensive, in man hours, it's probably saved me thousands mm. <laughs> pounds. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would, I would invest in technology sooner. Mm. And I think that's a really good point. It's understanding what the benefits are going to be and what actually savings it's going to make for you long term. And I think sometimes people don't look ahead and actually assess what what that is going to do for them for the long term. They always think short term and, and that's not a good position to be in. I think for, for most people, it's scary. It's mm. fear of change and, and fear that, you might not be able to learn it or it might be difficult or mm. it's the unknown but you have to leap into it to try it and then all of, you know I mean, it's the best leap we ever made yeah 
I think you're right because I'm using Office 365 at the moment and trying to use Teams and SharePoint. Um, my goodness, it's certainly taxing my brain. Um, but I know that if I can get it up and running, um, it's going to be really, really useful, um, especially with outside clients. So you're right, it's just mastering it. And it is that fear of change that pops people off a lot of the time. I think also sometimes if um, there's something that you're just not natural at, so for example, this system, if I really struggled with it, it would probably be worth my while teaching it to a member of my team or asking somebody on my team. So looking at their skills, mm. who actually is quite technically minded, who fancies a new challenge, who would like to help us to set up the new system and then let them be accountable for it let them run with it because actually if there's somebody better placed to do it than me um, mm. then that's how I would I would approach it and that's a really good tip there for anybody listening isn't it it's don't always think you have to do it yourself so really good point there so thank you for picking that one up so um so we're on the last question and it's been brilliant talking to you, Cheryl. So what's the biggest tip you would share with other business owners for them to take away from this podcast? So this is for business owners. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest tip is to focus on the team that you have. It's really easy to fall into negativity and to think about what people are not good at. My advice would be to look at your team Focus on their strengths and use people to, to their strengths. Yeah. So um, like we just talked about with technology, um, help people to work in the best roles to suit them so that it works best for them, but also it will work the best for you and for your business. Hmm. I think that's a really good tip to end up on. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. And thank you for the tips and taking part in the People Mentor podcast really enjoyed talking to you I mean I, I can see lots of similarities and I'm sure we could talk for England if we if we had the time but this is the people mentor signing off until next time thank you Cheryl thank you bye bye thank you for listening thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the podcast if you need any help or advice please contact Nicola on Nicola Richardson at thepeoplementor.co.uk the People Mentor, driving your business forward.